welcome to a higher branch, a source of practical and powerful information for busy people dedicated to boosting their personal health and professional performance. I'm your host, Sam McCall. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of A Higher Branch, where we continue the series on the four daily rituals, the five daily habits, and the six life hacks that you need to infuse into your life to give you that sense of control over your thoughts, feelings, and actions. And we have already covered the four daily rituals, the five habits, and um, I built the case for each of those rituals and the habits as to why there is four and why there is only five habits out of you know hundreds of habits out there. So if you have not already listened to those episodes, I urge you to go back and listen to them because this series is compounding and each episode builds on the previous one because we cannot cultivate new habits without the foundation of the four daily rituals. And we cannot infuse the six life hacks if we don't cultivate the right habits. So if you are new to this series, I urge you to go back and listen to those episodes. And in particular, if you go back to episode 99 called Is Reliance on Motivation Ruining Your Life? Because it was that episode that set the context for why these four rituals, five habits and six life hacks are so important. Now, I have already covered the first two life hacks. The first one was called the Morning 5 Detox, and that was two episodes ago. And last week, we covered the eating life hacks. And today's episode, I'm going to cover the sleeping hacks that will absolutely change your life, I promise. Now, it is very important to note at the outset that sleep is an innate quality. You do not have to try to sleep or get good quality sleep. It will and should happen automatically, especially with the life hacks I'm about to share. So this episode will focus on returning you to your natural rhythm where you will find sleep to be effortless. I know this from experience because I was obsessed with doing more by day and sleeping less by night. And today my respect for sleep has been deepened by the fact that good quality sleep has transformed my performance in all eight areas of life. It has dramatically increased my effectiveness at work and in life generally, I I promise you, it was a game changer for me. Now, what happens to us during sleep is truly remarkable. It is the ultimate detox for the mind. You know, in the first life hack, I talked about detox for the body, but sleep is the ultimate detox for the mind, which in turn is a great detox for the body. It's a reset button. It's a reboot of your central processing unit, which is your brain, right? In fact, if there was a magic elixir or superfood that could help you live not just a longer life, but a beautiful one, make you look young, that would improve your sex life, boost your brain power, boost your performance or wealth creation capability, make you fun to be around and attractive to friends and family, energetic, enthusiastic, etc., You would mortgage your house for it. You would travel miles to get it. Now, humans are wired to value scarcity. So we go in search of these elusive superfoods or medicinal herbs that grow in unique parts of the world, but we ignore the most potent health protocol that is available to us for free every night, and that is sleep. So this episode is not just about giving you the usual list of tips for sleeping better. 
That's what Google is for. You can Google that and, you know, it'll give you the top 10 tips for this and top 10 tips for that. Now, this episode is more of a definitive guide with great life hacks. And so I present this episode with my lawyer hat on to convince you intellectually of the importance of sleep because only then I find will you start to respect sleep. And in my experience of coaching myself and clients, behavioral change will never happen unless you have complete clarity of why you are doing something. You need to be convinced intellectually. So I will be sharing the science of sleep, how sleep impacts your physical, mental, and emotional well-being. Thirdly, I will go through the factors that impact your sleep. Lastly, I will go through the hacks to induce sleep and improve the depth, duration, continuity, and regularity of sleep. Those four elements, and I'm going to structure this podcast in accordance with those four elements because it is the combination of those four elements that you need to get right. Because most people will get the duration right, but not the depth. Some people will get the continuity, but not the regularity. It's important that you have all four of those elements ticked off. Now, let's talk about the science of sleep. Okay, when you really understand what goes on at a cellular level, it will motivate you to take sleep more seriously and implement the hacks I'll be recommending later. Now, straight up, I want to say I'm not a sleep expert. But for those of you that know me really well, I do research avidly and I retain information really, really well. And I have studied this area for many years and have read multiple papers and books by pioneering scientists, especially in the last two years where there has been huge advancements in the understanding of sleep. I have also tested the protocols personally and documented the impact it has had on my own health and performance. And you know, I've done this with the help of an Aura Ring, O-U-R-A, which you know, gives you all the data that you need to track the results of every sleep protocol that I'm going to talk to you about so you can implement. You know, as an entrepreneur, I often say that data provides the clarity for business strategy. Well, sleep data will provide the clarity for your life strategy. So all my learnings have culminated in this podcast episode as a quick reference summary that saves you hours of research. It is perhaps the most important episode in the life hack series. Okay, let's look at sleep basics. Sleep happens in cycles, typically of 78 to 90 minute duration. Now, most of us have 90 minute sleep cycles. Some very rare, fortunate few have 78 minute cycles. And they're the ones that can survive on six hours of sleep and wake up refreshed and do a lot more in a day. But for most of us, it is 90 minutes. So over an optimal eight hours of sleep, you will get five cycles. During this 90-minute cycle, you go into four levels of sleep. Levels three and four being the deeper sleep where your brain goes into long delta waves. Towards the end of the 90-minute cycle, you go back up to REM sleep. REM stands for rapid eye movement because that is where you do most of your dreaming. And as the night progresses and you go from cycle to cycle, you have less delta deep sleep and more REM sleep, which explains why you tend to dream more in the morning hours. So imagine it like going up and down a ladder five times per night. The top of the ladder being the REM sleep, the bottom of the ladder being your deep sleep. Now, most of your deep sleep happens early in the evening. Typically, this peaks during the second 90-minute cycle between midnight and 2 a.m. 
but it needs the first cycle for you to be able to get into that deep sleep second cycle, which is why I recommend people to go to sleep between 9.30 and 11 p.m. at the latest. So it is in that second cycle that when you go into a state of what scientists call autophagy, Autophagy promotes longevity and it gives you a surge of human growth hormones, which promotes youthfulness. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that a little later. Now, under the higher branch framework, there are four layers to your health. And if you are new to our community and want to know what that framework is, head over to ahigherbranch.com. And on the homepage, if you scroll down, you will see that framework of the eight areas of life. And you'll notice that health is in the middle. And you will also notice that health is made up of the physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual energies. So I will be discussing how sleep impacts the first three energies of your physical, your intellectual, and your emotional. In other words, the body, mind, and your feelings. So let's kick it off with how does sleep impact your physical? As I said earlier, long-wave deep sleep is critical for activating a mechanism called autophagy. This mechanism was recently discovered in 2016 by Nobel Prize winner Yoshinoru Osumu. It is a scientific term that means your body goes into self-cleaning mode and it leads to the regeneration and repair of all your cells throughout your body via the lymphatic system and the regeneration of your cells in the brain via the glymphatic pathway. And that happens while you sleep. So simply put, it destroys the old, damaged, and malfunctioning components of your cells and rebuilds new and healthier ones. It's like an overnight sprinkling to replace old cells. So autophagy is your body's unique way of naturally rejuvenating and defending itself from disease. And the lack of good quality and quantity of sleep will cause a dysfunction with the mechanism of autophagy. The mind in particular will experience an abnormal buildup of B amyloid plaque on the very part of the brain which facilitates sleep, and that is the prefrontal cortex. And over time, this leads to even more sleep dysfunction, which then clogs up the brain even more, accelerates cognitive aging, and contributes to the development of early onset dementia and Alzheimer's. And Dr. David Rubenstein, Professor of Molecular Neurogenetics at the University of Cambridge and UK Dementia Research Institute, did a lot of research on this if you want to dive deeper. And I mention this because a lot of people focus a lot on their health and fitness, on the body and the way the body looks, and they ignore the mind, they ignore the brain. And you don't want to be a 60-year-old fit-looking person you know, with a sculpted body, but a mind that has degenerated. Because early onset dementia will destroy the body very, very quickly. So it's important that we take care of the mind. And I'm going to talk more about that. But when it comes to the body, poor quality sleep predictably leads to a multitude of physical ailments. More recently, and more specifically, autoimmune diseases from increased inflammation, something that has become an absolute epidemic Secondly, it leads to poor thyroid function, increased insulin, glucose resistance, which is like prediabetes, shortening of your telomeres, which is something on your DNA that keeps you young, skin aging, eyesight dysfunction, cardiovascular disease, and a dramatic increase in your risk of cancer. In relation to cancer, lots of studies are showing that shorter duration of sleep has been found to reduce the number of natural killer T cells by up to 30%. 
Imagine burdening your immune system by 30%. That's a lot, right? And T cells are what fight cancer cells. So over time, chronic sleep deprivation dramatically increases the risk of cancer, especially coupled with a lack of exposure to daylight and the lack of vitamin D. Now, interestingly, the research also shows that poor quality sleep tends to increase the amount of food you eat. So it actually makes you put on weight. It increases ghrelin cells, which leads to an exaggerated hunger response where you just can't stop eating, even though your body has received the optimal amount of nutrients. High quality sleep, on the other hand, increases leptin cells. These cells inhibit hunger and regulate energy balance. So the body does not trigger a hunger response when it does not need energy. On top of that, poor quality sleep increases your cravings for the wrong foods. This is because the lack of sleep impacts your gut health. It leads to an overgrowth of bad bacteria that crave the wrong type of foods, typically you know, high in sugar, high in fat, and high in salt. We've all been there. You know, When we have that poor night's sleep, we wake up and we're thinking, why am I craving a burger and chips filled with fat, salt, and sugar in the bun, right? We all experience that, and that's because of poor quality sleep. In fact, science is now showing that good quality sleep from a healthy circadian rhythm is more important than prebiotics and probiotics in the regulation of good gut health. Pretty phenomenal, right? So if this is not bad enough, research shows that people who get six or less hours of sleep per night are four times as likely to get ill after being exposed to coronaviruses, including the seasonal flu and the latest COVID-19. Four times as likely. But wait, there's more. Poor quality sleep reduces testosterone levels, which is critical for your libido and hence your relationship, fat metabolism, muscle strength, and bone density. Now, do you still need more evidence of the importance of sleep? Let's move to the impact on your mental and emotional health, which is something I place a lot more emphasis on. So let's look at how sleep impacts your intellectual ability or your cognitive performance. As we enter this age of automation and artificial intelligence, I promise you the key skills of creativity, imagination, and strategizing will become super important to your success. Otherwise, you will become redundant very quickly at work. So you need those three intellectual powers. And sleep impacts all of these three in a profound way. Now, in a recent study performed by the team at Berkeley University, led by Professor Matthew Walker, they stunningly found that even one night's deprivation impacted cognitive performance by 40%. That's huge. Imagine going into a meeting the next day after you have poor quality sleep and your brain performance is 40% less. I'm not just talking about physical energy. I'm talking about your cognitive, your mental energy, and your emotional energy. And a 40% drop is a game changer for you. It's a negative one, right? It's going to profoundly impact your performance at work. And sometimes that's all that needs to happen for your whole life to unravel. Sometimes your whole life unravels with just one pull of that thread. And the thing that pulls that thread in my experience of coaching so many executives over the years is poor quality sleep. Now, let's return to that research. They found that you need sleep to prime the brain before learning and processing new information. And you need sleep after learning to retain or store that same information you learned. So sleep before stores information in the short-term memory 
called the hippocampus part of the brain. And deep sleep, after you learn something, allows you to transfer that same information into your long-term memory, which is known as the prefrontal cortex part of the brain. So what that allows you to do is reset your short-term memory for use the next day. So what happens, let me explain this a little further. So if you do not get enough sleep, if you do not get enough deep sleep, your short-term memory does not reset efficiently and therefore impairs your ability to learn and process new information the next day. Because that part of the brain has a limited storage capacity, that the hippocampus. It's like a USB stick. It only has about 16 hours, right, of capacity. Therefore, a good sleep of depth and duration will have the benefit of clearing your short-term memory reservoir for use the next day. So I hope that makes sense. So if you ever wake up sometimes feeling really foggy from a poor quality sleep, you'll know why. It's the hippocampus is full and it hasn't transferred those 16 hours of information you digested the day before, so it's still full. You can't then retain any new information or rather absorb any new information. Okay, so let's look now how sleep impacts your emotional well-being, the third energy of your health. Now, there is a strong correlation between emotional intelligence and performance and wealth creation. That has been confirmed time and time again. You know, people with high EQ are generally more successful and they're generally more energetic. Now, poor quality and quantity sleep impact your emotional stability. It increases the activity in the emotional part of the brain called the amygdala, which becomes 60% more reactive due to the dampening down of your rational brain which is what happens with poor quality sleep. Your rational brain, the prefrontal cortex, dampens down by up to 60%. Now, this is an immediate trigger for anxiety, which in turn negatively impacts your ability to sleep. And then you're caught in this vicious cycle of sleeping less and experiencing higher anxiety, which then leads to even more disturbed sleep. So you know what I'm talking about here? When you have those days where you are quick to be irritable, it's because of poor quality sleep. You know, most people don't realize that they think that oh, it's the anxiety that is causing them to have poor quality sleep. Well, what came first, the chicken or the egg? I can tell you in this case, it's the egg, right? Because it's the poor quality sleep that led to the anxiety. Sometimes the fix is not trying to fix your anxiety because when you're in that sleep deprived state, you become anxious about everything. But when you're in a, a state where you're getting enough sleep, suddenly your anxiety dissipates and you look back and you think, why was I ever irritable about that? That's just a non-event. So let's look at Dr. Walker's research a little bit more. So his team showed that this negative loop between having anxiety and sleeping less and sleeping less and having more anxiety eventually leads to social isolation because people who are sleep deprived show a strong tendency to distance themselves from social interaction. The research also showed that the issue was compounded because they were in turn shunned by others. Yes, that's right. We tend to stay away from people. So not only do they distance themselves, but we distance ourselves from people who are socially isolated or are going through anxiety or you know depression. And that negative loop then causes even more socialized isolation and inevitably, you know, deep depression. I mean, this is what the RUOK movement is essentially about avoiding. 
The research also showed that depression causes your hippocampus to shrink, which then impacts your short-term memory, which, as I outlined earlier, is critical for your creativity and strategic thinking, and therefore your performance at work and in business. So poor quality sleep impacts your hippocampus to try and absorb more information, but then depression causes your hippocampus to shrink, which effectively means that you are reducing your capacity. It's like a USB stick that goes from 120 gigabytes to 110, to 100, to 90. And lastly, the research shows that poor sleep also amplifies the stress response. So your tolerance level drops and your irritability rises and you are quick to get angry. And the problem with that is that you will start to walk around with the negative emotions of anger, fear, anxiety, unhappiness, and even depression. And as I've said before, your emotional well-being is far more important. It has a far bigger impact on your energy than diet, exercise. And sleep and your emotional well-being are so closely related. Okay, now all this sounds really scary, but I promise you that no matter how anxious you are about sleep, when you follow the life hacks I will share with you later, sleep will return to be an innate quality for you. And I know some of the people that are listening to this probably attracted to the podcast because of the title, It's About Sleep, especially if you are one of those people that have an unhealthy sleeping pattern, whether it's your depth, duration, continuity, or regularity. If you are stressed about sleep, you tend to stay away from podcasts like this or articles on the topic. But I want to assure you that you will return to having innately good quality sleep without even trying. So please listen on. Don't let all the scary stuff stop you listening to this episode. So, okay, now let's get on to the life hacks that will return you to a better sleep, a longer sleep, a deeper sleep. Now, I'm going to break up these life hacks based on what I call are the four elements to good quality sleep. And they are duration, depth, continuity, and regularity. So it's those four elements that defines what high quality sleep looks like. And it is a combination of all those four elements that increases your ability to go into an innate state of great quality sleep where you activate autophagy and human growth hormones and hit the reset and feel rejuvenated the next morning when you wake up. So I wanted to break it up into those four elements because research shows that dysfunction in any one of these four factors negatively alters your sleep. So in summary, depth is how deep you sleep. Duration is the length of sleep. Continuity is how long you sleep without waking, especially in the important first two cycles. And lastly, regularity is how often you experience good quality sleep. Is it every day? Is it five times a week? Or is it just one time a week on the weekend? So I will go through the major factors that impact these four elements because knowing this will help you to fix the root cause of poor sleep. So it is as much about what we eliminate because when you do this, you will find that sleep becomes, as I said, innate and natural, as natural as breathing and drinking water. And that's the state you want to be in. Okay, so let's start with the depth of sleep. 
depth is the most important element because you will recall earlier I said that regeneration and repair of body and mind happens when you go into long wave deep sleep. Depth activates the mechanism of autophagy and production of human growth hormones. Now the former helps you live longer and the latter helps you look younger. Let's look at the four factors that negatively impact the depth of your sleep. And by fixing these four factors, even before we get to the life hacks, will eliminate a lot of the unnatural state that you're putting your body into. Okay, number one is not enough sunlight during the day, especially morning light. Exposure to natural light during the day is critical for the production of melatonin. And I've covered this in previous episodes. This neurotransmitter, melatonin, gets produced naturally by the pineal gland. And the pineal gland is located between your eyes, basically, in that part of the brain. And there are nerves from your eyes to the pineal gland. And so there's a connection. And there's a connection for a reason. Now, melatonin has two main functions. By day, it plays an active role in energy production by your mitochondria because it is a powerful antioxidant. Secondly, it promotes deep sleep at night. Now, the best way to get more melatonin naturally is to eat out in sunlight and get as much sun on your skin and eyes, especially in the first hour of the morning. I recommend you only wear sunglasses when absolutely necessary. You know, I see a lot of people when I'm out on my morning exercise, you know, wearing sunglasses at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m., within an hour of the sun rising. And I think you don't need the sunglasses and you are blocking a beautiful spectrum of light that is different. You know, the spectrum of light changes throughout the day and we need different spectrums in the morning, during the day and in the last hour before the sun sets. So it's phenomenal when you think about how nature primes us and flicks on different switches in our brain and in our body at different times of the day based on that spectrum of light. So the worst thing you can do is block a spectrum of light. So when I say only wear glasses when absolutely necessary, if you're on the ski fields, right, it's the middle of the day and you're driving and there's a tremendous glare that's giving you a headache or you're on a boat somewhere fishing, you know that time when it becomes just too much for the eyes that's when you put on sunglasses the first hour and the last hour really isn't one where you need uh, sunglasses and that's backed by research guys this is not just me saying that and i don't wear sunglasses in the first hour and the last hour okay let's look at the second factor that negatively impacts the depth of your sleep and that is too much artificial light at night especially from screens and monitors now, research shows that we now spend 93% of our time inside, surrounded by artificial light. We eat in front of televisions, we work in front of computers, we play games on screens, we browse social media on phones. Now, this is absolutely wrecking us. It is disrupting natural processes that heal and regenerate us. And it is disturbing critical neuropathways. Exposure to artificial blue and white light at night is suppressing the release of melatonin and therefore the depth of your sleep. And it also impacts the duration of sleep, which I will talk about. So here are some tips when it comes to eliminating artificial light at night. Number one, replace your LEDs with low lux lighting, which can reduce the blue and the white light by up to 80%, right? And they're everywhere now. You can buy them because people are waking up to the dangers of blue light and white light at night. Number two, put dimmers on all your lights. Number three, light candles instead. And number four, eliminate screen time at least. 
Now, I'm talking at least one hour before bed. Ideally, three hours or so as soon as the sun goes down. If you absolutely have to get on your devices for something urgent and I confront you to define what urgent really is, then I suggest you use apps like Flux or Iris. That's F-L-U-X and Iris is I-R-I-S. Now, both those apps reduce blue and white light considerably on all devices. Now, I prefer Iris because it also eliminates flicker on your laptop screen. And this flicker has been shown to cause a stress response. Okay, now let's look at the third factor that impacts negatively your depth of sleep. And that is your body temperature. Getting overheated at night stops you from getting into this long wave delta deep sleep that I talked about earlier, the levels three and four, the first two 90 minute cycles. So if you're waking up in those cycles with vivid dreams, it usually means that you're overheating. Now you can overheat for a number of reasons. One is that your doona cover is too thick or the room is already too hot. Ideally, you need to ensure your room temperature is between 17 and 19 degrees Celsius. And the best way to achieve this is to put your bedrooms on different temperature settings and the rest of the house. The other things you can do is just don't overdress for bed. And thirdly, and not so popular, is roll away from your partner. So after that initial cuddle at night, just roll away. And because you could be disrupting each other's sleep. And the other thing that impacts your body temperature is having a big meal at night or alcohol or caffeine. That's going to heat you up. And a higher body temperature is going to prevent you from going into those delta deep sleep levels in the first two cycles. Okay, now let's look at the fourth factor that impacts the depth of your sleep negatively. And this is one that's also not (laughs) very popular with uh, people, and that is electromagnetic interference. I'm talking about electro pollution from cordless phones, Wi-Fi routers, Bluetooth devices, and all devices not in airplane mode. They will impact your depth of sleep because these frequencies activate your sympathetic nervous system and stops you from going into long wave delta sleep. No ifs or buts. EMFs is very bad for your sleep. So the worst thing you can do is have your phone or your tablet or your laptop still on emitting Bluetooth, emitting Wi-Fi. You might fall asleep and you might even have eight hours of sleep, you know, and I'm talking about the duration, but you're not going to get your depth of sleep. What I said earlier is the four elements go hand in hand. You need all four elements to be ticked to wake up feeling refreshed. And so if you've had those eight to nine hour durations of sleep and you wake up feeling foggy, it's because you're not going into a deep sleep. And this fourth factor is an important one. So eliminate EMF interference. Now, a lot of you listening at the moment thinking, well, how do I know if I'm going to deep sleep? You will know if you wake up feeling refreshed and really sharp. But if you want to be scientific about it, you can use biometric devices such as the Aura Ring. Uh, It's O-U-R-A. And you can buy that on O-U-R-A.com. I don't have shares in the company, but I actually bought the ring and I started using it for about six months. And then once I assessed my sleeping patterns and once I ticked those four elements of depth, duration, continuity and regularity and, you know, I was on track, I stopped wearing the Aura Ring. But, you know, if you have a sense of self-awareness, you'll know what I'm talking about. You you can be your own biometric device if you have a, a sense of mindfulness of how your body feels when you wake up. And if you journal like I do, you will know, you know, what you did the night before that impacted your sleep. 
Okay, let's move on to the second element, and that is your duration of sleep. Now, duration is important because we all need five 90-minute sleep cycles every night. This adds up to seven and a half hours. When we say eight hours of sleep, now that includes you know getting into bed and waiting to fall asleep. And ideally, it should take you about 15 minutes to fall asleep and 15 minutes after you wake to stretch and wait for your mind to really awaken before you actually get out of bed. So eight hours of bedtime, seven and a half hours of sleep time. Now, every cycle serves a unique biological purpose. Duration is mainly impacted when you cannot get to sleep at the optimal time, right? So you end up going to bed late and reducing the duration of your sleep. Now, it is imperative for your circadian rhythm and thyroid function to wake on or soon after sunrise. So sleeping in to make up the time only makes matters worse. Now, I will discuss your optimal time for sleeping and waking according to what scientists call chronotype when we discuss continuity of sleep. But for now, I want to go through the seven factors that negatively impact your ability to get to sleep. As I said earlier, good quality sleep isn't just about the life hacks that I'm going to share with you the tips to getting better quality sleep, but it's also about what you're eliminating. So you return to an innate natural sleep pattern. Okay, here are the seven factors that impact your ability to get to sleep. Number one, artificial light at night. Now I know it sounds like I'm repeating some things, but they affect the four elements in a different way. Now, artificial light at night suppresses the release of melatonin. So it also affects duration. In fact, for every 60 minutes of artificial light you get after sundown, you suppress the release of melatonin by 30 minutes. This effectively delays the time for you to start feeling sleepy and ready for bed. Number two, not enough movement during the day makes you feel flat and stagnant. The body needs to get tired during the day for better sleep at night. That's a definite. You know, and we all know that. When we sit in front of the TV all day and do nothing... What happens? We have trouble going to sleep at night. And we've all done this, especially, you know, around holiday time where we have a huge Christmas meal and then we flop in front of the TV and do nothing. Now, movement is also critical to neutralize the effects of work stress and life stress. And that's why movement is one of the four essential daily rituals, as I said, which serve as the fundamental foundation for the five habits and these six life hacks. Now, here's my tip. If you cannot play sport or have the time to work out, try minimum effective dose exercise throughout the day. The Japanese call this Tabata, T-A-B-A-T-A. And I do three, four minutes intervals a day. And Tabata is basically 40 seconds of intense exercise, whether it's a cycle or a jog, followed by a 20 second rest. And you do that for four minutes. And science shows that that is enough to get your you know, lymphatic system going and your body primed. If you listen to my podcast on the 29th of July, I go through the daily ritual of movement where I talk about exercise, its benefits, and I also outline why it can be harmful, which has become extremely controversial, but I'll let you listen to that in your own time. So not enough movement is a second factor that impacts your ability to get to sleep, which then impacts your duration. So let's look at the third factor, stress. Now, stress boosts cortisol and adrenaline and keeps you in a state of fight or flight. 
This will lead to high blood pressure and a rapid heartbeat, which prevents you from getting to sleep. And we've all experienced that. And if you do get to sleep, it will affect your continuity because chances are you will wake up in the middle of the night with your heart beating out of your chest. Now, stress also raises your body temperature, which, as we discussed, keeps you from going into deep sleep. And the best way to neutralize stress is to slow down during the day and perform your tasks at a normal pace. I promise you that is the number one stress for a lot of people. So it's not what you're doing, it's how fast you're doing it. And research shows that it is not the amount of work we do, but the speed in which we do the work that is the main cause of stress. So slow down. Read the tips by Carl Honoré in his book, In Praise of Slow. That book was a game changer for me. Number four, negative impact is too many thoughts. Now, sometimes it is not stress that keeps you up, but thoughts that go round and round in your head of things that you need to do for the next day. Now, getting things down in your diary gets it out of your head. And that's why I really recommend journaling. So the four to 10 minutes it takes to do this will save you precious hours of lost sleep. I call this technique brain dumping. And I covered it thoroughly in my episode on 12th of August called the number one reason for my success in life. And of course, I'm talking about journaling. Okay, let's go to number five factor that impacts the ability to get to sleep, which impacts your duration of sleep. And that is there are feelings that are bothering you. Now, you will find it difficult to get to sleep if feelings are bubbling up to the surface and you're not acknowledging them and you're not processing them. To heal, you need to feel. And we all experience rejections, failures, hurts, disappointments. And the best way to process them is to journal your feelings. You know, using the techniques I also covered in that episode on journaling on the 12th of August. Okay, number six and seven I touched on earlier, but they also impact the duration of your sleep. Number six is eating too late and too much, and it can stop you from getting to sleep and consequently reduce your duration, especially foods high in fat and sugar. It is best to avoid food within three hours of going to bed. I know that is really difficult to do, but it is one that will improve the quality of your sleep, especially your duration. Okay, number seven is caffeine consumption in the 12 hours before bedtime. Caffeine overrides the sleep-inducing effects of melatonin and keeps you awake for longer. That has been proven time and time again. Now, I know some people can go to sleep after drinking coffee, but the research shows unequivocally that the caffeine stops them from going into deep sleep. So they might fall asleep, but they're not going into deep sleep. Therefore, they never get the benefits of autophagy and human growth hormones. Okay, so now I'm going to give you nine life hacks to induce getting to sleep and therefore will improve or increase the duration of your sleep, which is the second element to great sleep. Number one is have a bath, steam or sauna one hour before bed. This helps your body temperature to drop, which prepares you for sleep. Number two do sleeping meditation. I have an app called Headspace and they have incredible sleeping meditation, guided sleeping meditation. There's an, also another app called Calm. But over time, you should be able to do your own meditation without guidance. Number three, listening to comedy. And I've covered this in previous podcasts, but laughing and being in a good mood before you go to sleep will actually induce sleep and improve the duration. Number four, use an acupressure mat. Now, I use what's called the Shakti mat. That's S-H-A-K-T-I. Now, it is incredibly effective. I was skeptical at first, 
But laying on it is difficult at first. Once you get over the five-minute hurdle and get to 20 minutes of this acupressure mat, oh my God, the impact on you is phenomenal. It's like a sleeping tablet. It just induces sleep. Okay, number five is socializing with family and friends by talking or playing board games or cards. And socializing in a you know fun and convivial way, not having heated discussion. That is an incredible life hack or sleep hack that will induce sleep and improve duration. Six, essential oils of lavender for stress or rose geranium for anxiety. They will definitely induce sleep. And I use lavender, especially when I'm traveling, and geranium if I'm anxious about something. Usually if I'm presenting somewhere the next morning, I'll use rose geranium. And it does actually induce sleep. It's phenomenal because it just dissipates the stress and the anxiety. Okay, seventh tip, exercising during the day, especially in the morning. Now, I've covered this, as I said before, under depth, but it is relevant to duration in a different context because research shows that exercising in sunlight in the morning helps you actually get to bed and it induces sleep and more importantly it actually increases the duration of sleep so we all know this innately right when we've had a physically active day we have a longer sleep before we wake during the night I know if I've had a um, physically active day I will sleep solid for six and a half seven hours before I wake it's natural to wake before the last cycle and then fall back asleep. So some of us might go to the bathroom or have a small drink of water and that's totally okay. It's when you wake up in the first four cycles that uh, has a negative impact on your health. Okay, the eighth life hack is to do the four, seven, eight breathing. Now that's where you breathe in for four seconds, hold for seven and then exhale for eight. Now do this at least five times before you go to sleep. At least. Now, I can do anything between 5 and 10. And you will know what the sweet spot is for you because you will start to yawn. You will feel this sense of calm where it induces sleep. And if you do it, especially with the next life hack, it'll actually happen a lot quicker. And the next life sleep hack is grounding yourself. So I stand barefoot on green grass and it drains all the positive ions from the system and replaces them with the earth's negative ions and those negative ions is healing and calming it engages the parasympathetic nervous system especially when it's done with breathing so i tend to do the 478 breathing technique standing on the grass and it doesn't matter whether it's summer or winter if you rug up it's fine to be barefoot on the grass and i covered Both of these last two sleep hacks in detail in my episode called the Ultimate Morning 5 Detox Life Hack that was released on the 29th of September. Okay, now let's talk about the third element and that is the continuity of sleep. As I said earlier, it is natural to wake in this last sleep cycle of the night around six hour mark. But if you are waking earlier in the first four sleep cycles, then you have a continuity problem. Some of the factors I outlined earlier under duration will sometimes affect continuity. For example, if your stress is high, then cortisol will surge at night and wake you. Thoughts and feelings that were bothering you during the day then will creep in. So what is it that makes you wake up to begin with and interrupts your continuity in the first six hours? Now, typically they are drinking too much fluids before bed or or two, eating too much before bed. Three, consuming more than one drink of alcohol within three hours before bed. And lastly, and this is one that some people are guilty of, and that is falling asleep in front of the TV. 
Now, if you do wake at night, the best thing to do is roll over and keep sleeping. Do not get up and out of bed unless you indulged in the list of four things I just mentioned, unless you have to go to the toilet, unless the alcohol has dehydrated you and you need to drink water. So my life hack for this, and there's only one life hack, is when you have a continuity of sleep problem and you wake up and you don't need to go to the toilet and you don't need to drink water and you stay in bed, is to count backwards from 100. So you start with 100, 99, 98, 97. And I promise you, everyone that I shared this technique with, they all fall asleep before they get to zero. In fact, when I do it, I usually fall asleep before I get to 70. And a lot of people, depending on what things are bothering you, it might be, you know, you get to 50 or 60 or 40. But that technique eventually gets everyone uh, to go back to sleep. Okay, now let's get on to the fourth element, and that is the regularity of sleep. And that is, how many times a week do you have actual good sleep? Is it two days a week, just on the weekends? Is it seven days a week? Is it five days a week? In fact, it is most important to get the best quality sleep during the week where you need cognitive performance for work, where you need your energy. And so we shouldn't just focus on good quality sleep on the weekends. Now, in all my research, the one thing that improves the regularity of sleep is knowing what your chronotype is, especially when you are traveling and you have work commitments. Now, let me explain this. If you are a night person and you try to go to bed, say, before 9.30 p.m., you're going to lay awake in bed thinking that you have that label, insomnia, right? Now, it's not because you have trouble sleeping. It's simply because you're going to bed at the wrong time according to your chronotype. Now, if you are a morning person and go to bed too late, conversely, you're going to get overtired and have trouble sleeping. So it's important that you hit that sweet spot. And it's all about knowing yourself. It's all about being mindful of what is the most optimal for your body. Now, according to the research, morning people should go to bed between 9.30 p.m. and 10 p.m. and wake at 5.30 a.m. to 6 a.m. Night owls, on the other hand, should go to bed around 10.30 p.m. to 11 p.m. and wake 6.30 a.m. to 7 a.m. Now, you'll notice there's only about an hour's difference, an hour and a half tops between a morning person and a night person. So don't use that label of I'm a night person to give yourself the rite of passage to stay up to 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. You know, that will destroy your sleep, anyone's sleep. So it is imperative, ultimately, It all comes back to this. Whether you're a night person or a morning person, it is imperative for all chronotypes to remember you need to get plenty of sunlight within the hour after waking. So waking at the same time every day according to the circadian rhythm of night and day is the most critical element and it's the most critical life hack. So if there is any one factor and any one life hack that you can learn from this whole episode and it is that sunlight and sunshine is the most critical to help you reset your circadian rhythm and get you back to an innate quality of sleep. So you need to practice what I call light hygiene. So you need to get plenty of sunshine during the day, preferably when you're exercising, preferably when you're eating and you need to eliminate artificial light at night because that's what will stop the inducement of sleep. Now, both those life hacks 
will improve your gut health profoundly. Getting sunshine during the day and eliminating artificial light at night will improve your gut health. Because ultimately, it's your gut that produces the majority of melatonin. And it gets produced during the daylight hours. And what are the microorganisms that produce melatonin and induce sleep at night and promote energy production during the day? It's your gut bacteria. So think of it this way. Good bacteria, which produces melatonin, serotonin, and boosts your energy and induces sleep, prefers sunshine. Bad bacteria thrives in darkness. Okay, on that note, I wish you light and the softness of sleep. So thank you again for listening to another episode of A Higher Branch. I hope you're enjoying this series on the 456 system. Now, we've already covered now three life hacks. That was the morning five, eating life hacks, and today we covered sleeping hacks. And I can't wait to present the next life hack, which is something I call the ultimate superpower. Okay, thank you again for listening. Until next time, as always... Live consciously, my friends.